For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back, folks, here on the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Ryan Roberts. And it is officially NFL Combine Week, meaning we are going to be previewing the events that are going to be happening starting on Thursday as the drills will be kicking off with a really talented and fun group of prospects. We'll get to watch those offensive guys first rounding out until Sunday with the defensive prospects and the DBs are that last group finishing up on Sunday. So, Ryan, today we're going to talk storylines, four storylines that we think are going to be buzzing this week things that are important to pay attention to if you want to if you will know what to look for and the one thing that's already been it was a big conversation leading into this was the circumstance of the threatening to boycott because of that last second demand for players to bubble in their hotels and stay away from everybody that kind of eased off but we still have some of these prospects like Derek Stingley Evan Neal that are not going to be participating in these drills. And that is, I think, a, a really interesting thing to focus on first here because do these drills really matter for these prospects anymore when last year we didn't even have the combine and they are able to show out at their pro day? So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a great point. John, I don't think we ever even talked about the whole boycott potential thing right like we never even no, really the timing of it, it was we, we kind of just lot. missed it right when it when it picked up i, I yeah. all the radio spots that i did and i'm sure the same thing with you they yep. all asked about it and i had to get Absolutely. caught up on it but yeah no no it was it was a crazy i mean if, if anybody didn't missed it you know there was at one point 150 players that were threatening to boycott the agents obviously got involved in the situation because of the bubble act activity. So I, I don't know if there's any, I don't know if this is a repercussion because of that. And some people are still a little uneasy, but I think that we've gotten to the point now with how the combine is run, where people are just more reliance. And I think teams are moving this way, Joe. And I don't know if you agree with this, but like teams are moving towards the GPS technology and trying to figure out game speed in that way. So testing has become, in my opinion, less and less important than it once was. It was always, you know, we glorify the combine, but combine testing is always just verification, right? Like it's not mm -hmm. going to make a player a good player. It's just going to sign off if a player shows game speed on film and you just verify that or explosiveness or strength, whatever the, whatever the case might be. In the case of guys like Derek Stingley and Evan Neal, I don't think it's a make or break it situation. I do think that it's a very, I think it's an individual case by individual case though. So like Evan Neal, what does Evan Neal have to prove, right? Like he's going to be 
six seven three fifty and check all the boxes there. He was going to test like a good athlete, and he will still test if he chooses to at his pro day, and you'll get those verified information. I don't think a guy like him had a ton to gain. Derek Stingley, I believe, is still coming to the combine and doing the medical check, which was a, is a big portion of his conversation. But obviously, like for him, I think it's more important because we haven't seen him a ton. You know, with with the injuries, obviously, over the last couple of years, I think that he could have had a big opportunity to come to the combine and say again, "Hey, I'm here. <laughs> I'm four three athlete. I'm six one. I have long arms." So I do think it's an individual by individual basis. For the most part, though, like the top end guys. I don't think they need to test. I think it's just more like go get your medicals, talk to the teams, that type of conversation. But I think for some guys like Derek Stingley, there is a little more to gain than than others. And I don't know if this is going to become a trend or we're just going to be sitting with a few guys each year annually that just are like, yeah, I've cemented myself at this level. I don't need to risk anything. I don't need to do that drill because that can only hurt me in a set. So I think I really do think it's an individual by individual basis. Right. And the other thing too is – this is two guys that are likely first round picks. We have this happen every year. It's not like this is out of the ordinary. It's usually quarterbacks that do it. And it's been in the past yeah. Kyler Murray. It's been Joe Lamar Burrow. Jackson. Yeah. Lamar yeah. Jackson. Well, even, well, even, that, even, even Lamar threw though, right? Like he right, just didn't right. test athletically. Joe Burrow just sat there. was like, yeah, I'm good. He I, vibed, I don't need he knew. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> But I, it's it's not like it's out of the ordinary. It just I think juxtaposing it with the narrative that came up the week before this week, where one they were boycotting because of the bubble, and then you had some agents coming out and saying, "Well, th- these are terrible circumstances in general. These guys are pushed to their limits. They're waking up really freaking early. They're going to bed really really late. They're running from mm-hmm. one thing to the other. They're in a hotel room." It's already like, can, can cu- not a really- Can I cut you off for a second? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, how, about the, how about the other layer? And I don't know if anybody's talked about this, but usually a, a player would on a separate day in the beginning of the week do like his bench press, right? And then mm-hmm. they would have the on-the-field stuff. Did you see that they put it all together this year? It's like you have bench yeah, press in the it's morning. Part of the, yeah. It's part of that crap where they're trying to turn it into – and I'm all for, for making this a, a spectacle and a, an entertainment product as much as possible – but yep. at the same time, like, why are we maxing out these guys with mm-hmm. what they're capable of doing? And, and when you do the pro day, it's a lot more condensed. It's a lot different. And that's kind of sure. what I was getting at is that those circumstances, you're in home field, you're used to where you are, you're used to the facility that you're training in, but you'll literally go from one drill to the next, but it's a much smaller group. So you're not standing around with 60, 70 guys waiting to do the next drill. So no, yeah, I agree with that. I think that's so... It's kind of stupid that this is what we're doing now, where it's everybody goes on one day, everybody goes on another day, and then it's it, yeah. it's. I, I think there's going to be some restructuring at the very least uh, coming from what what happened this year. Well, and I, I think that we obviously saw in going back a little bit of the boycott is that players and agents are pushing back on some of the formation of these things, and I think that that's kind of a signal to me. Like honestly, that no more that we're talking about it is the fact that like. Like you said, is that it's not a player-driven decision to put the to put the bench press on the same day as the other on-field testing. Like that is an exhausting thing for players, and I think that that's going to more likely push players to not testing as much, right? Like I think we might see that number increase to a degree because I don't think that I don't think that the changes that the combine is making or tried to make, even to a degree, are for the players, right? Like it's definitely no. more 
for their own events or for the media side of everything for the entertainment side. It's not definitely not player driven. So maybe there's a change that happens in the future where, I mean, if the combine gets to a point now where people are just sitting out and opting out all left and right, and there's a bunch of players that miss annually at some point, the NFL combine needs to change things, right. And make it a little more player friendly and make them want to compete or else it's going to be a situation. I feel like where the spectacle is going to lose its lore, lose, lose its lore because there's just not the top guys just aren't going to be testing as much as they used to. Yeah. You, you don't want to inevitably risk losing out on, on these guys testing. So I, there's definitely going to be some restructuring there. There has to be at this point, there has to be some type of refocus to make it uh, beneficial for the players and, and not stressing them out. It, it, it shouldn't be, let's look at these guys and, and, you know, put them, put them into a situation that's supposed to benefit their futures. And then in circumstances that could possibly risk their futures. So some changes definitely come coming. And, and Ryan, the other thing too, that, you indicated here uh, that you're focused on is which of these positions does the testing matter the most? So I want, I want to hear your thoughts first on this. Yeah, I got asked this question. Yeah, I know you mentioned a little bit of like the, the question about like the, you know, the storyline of the boycott potential potentially at the beginning on radio spots. I got asked this probably like two or three times as far as like, does it matter if a player tests? Does a position matter? You know, what positions do matter? And I started thinking heavily about it because, like, you had always kind of thought of it a little bit. But, like, I really started to think deeply into what drills matter most for certain positions, what positions matter most just to show off athletic traits and all that type of conversation. I just started thinking about it. And for me, there's three main groups that I think it matters most for. Quarterbacks doesn't matter to me. Like I don't, I don't care what the, what what they test like. I mean, throwing the football around is is good, but you're also on air, not working against pressure. So I think that a quarterback's workout is pretty ineffective and doesn't tell you much. So I don't think it's telling at all because I, I think that it's the meeting rooms that really work in in the quarterback decision making as far as like that type of setting. Offensive line, I don't care. Linebackers, I don't really care. Defensive backs. Yes, defensive backs is the, like the biggest one, especially cornerbacks, mm-hmm. right? Like I want to see how a kid runs the 40. I want to see how a kid, you know, verticals, broads, what type of explosive player he is because I think that that is telling towards success because then if you're seeing a guy that maybe lacks athletic traits, maybe he could still play, but you know now that he is just a scheme-specific player. Maybe it's a zone-heavy scheme. I think that those traits do translate. Wide receiver, I think that that translates especially to a high degree. Like if, if a guy separates – does he have short area change of uh, change of direction ability? Does he have the deep speed to uncover down the field? If he's a guy that wins in the air, does he have the vertical and explosiveness to win consistently at that next level? So I think that that translation for wide receiver is very important. I think those are the two most important. The other one, and this might take some people by surprise, but I think testing for defensive ends, edge specifically, is I can even it's incalculable how important it is in my opinion. Because there are – and I've learned this the most over the last few years, and I feel like I talk about this a ton. I've missed on some guys like Derek Barnett and Curtis Weaver, guys that were great hand usage dudes coming out of college, out of Tennessee and out of, out of Boise State, but they weren't athletes. Like they just weren't to the caliber. And that position playing in such increased space, it matters, man. It matters. And I think that we're going to see a huge separation in, this, in those three classes at this combine, Joe. I would say wide receiver, you know, the battle between – 
Traylon Burks and Garrett, Garrett Wilson and Jahan Dotson and Chris Olave. And there's a lot of guys I feel like bunch. And I don't even think Drake London's probably going to test that USC recover from that broken ankle. Mm-hmm. But like, I think there's going to be separation at wide receiver cornerback without Stingley. Andrew Boot Jr. out of Clemson, Ahmad Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati, are one of them going to take that mantle and test to the level where now they are a legitimate contender, in my opinion, to be that first cornerback off the board? That's in- incredibly important. Kayvon Chase, I'm Kayvon Chase, I'm Kayvon <laughs> Thibodeau. I always, I always do that, man. Kayvon and Kayvon. Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon, a defensive end. Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan. The separation factor there. Athletically. Wait, before before we get, yeah, so that's I'm not even going to get. I'm I'm not even going to get into it. I'm just let, saying that's, that. That's the last thing I want to talk about. But I want to yeah. I want to hit on elaborating yep. on the two position groups that you just talked about. It feels like sure. there is a lot of indecisiveness on on who that wide receiver one is, who that corner one is. And you're talking about how the drills are really important for those specific groups. And I, I think that that's very, very true, especially this year. You need to see who who actually separates. And it's a close race here between uh, the, you know, the top receiver and the top corner between those guys that you talked about. So to have those athletic numbers to differentiate the group, I think that that's, that's very telling of if you've got two close grades on guys, that, that's enough to push one ahead of the other, correct? Yeah, no, it absolutely is. I, I feel like, especially a corner, well, wide receiver matters as well because it's like, you know, the, is a player able to uncover in multiple ways? That's where the athletic traits come in. But cornerback, it's like, if you aren't six foot plus with 32 plus inch arms and can run, you're probably a guy that is going to fall into that bucket of a heavy zone scheme or some off man type of situation. Like, if you're a true man to man corner, you need those traits to match up with some of the guys that you're going to see, the Julio Jones of the world, the DeAndre Hopkins, like these, these freaking nature dudes that are just out, waiting outside the numbers. So, like, you need that that profile for me. And that's where I was going into defense, Ben, and not to get into Caleb Vaughn. And I'm mm. Caleb Vaughn. My God. Not to get into K- Kayvon. Say it three times. Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Uh, Not to get into that conversation, but I think even like going down the defensive end board a little bit, Mm -hmm. right? Like what's the separation between Jermaine Johnson and George Karloftis? Does somebody separate themselves as the third edge potentially off the board? Does a guy like a D'Angelo Malone make a huge jump off the board because he tests like an elite athlete? Like what are the, 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 the tier breaks, I guess, is what I'm thinking because, like, I like mm-hmm. to break things into tiers. I know, when obviously, when we have Alex on here, like, we talk a lot about tiers. Where's that tier break? What's the what is the first tier? What's the second tier? When you have multiple guys in a tier, athletic testing is a little bit of a tiebreaker if you have guys sep- if you guys have packed together closely. So, I think that that is just a great conversation as far as athletic athletic testing matters more for certain positions and a lot of instances, especially in scouting departments that can break a tie as far as who you prefer, depending on who is the more elite tester in, in theory. So we're going to get to talking about Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau. Before we do, though, folks, I just want to take a quick break to share some thoughts on our advertisers for this week. The football season might be over, but basketball is full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where you think the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE 
to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is the number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, up next, what's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 per month. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe that's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. And it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Last up, Athletic Greens. Tons of people take multi, uh, multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements do not have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not, excuse me, intended to diagnose, treat, or cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Woo, man, we got a lot of ads now, on the show now. Joe, I was about to say, that's a lot of ads. Also, do I get free athletic greens for being on this podcast? Can you promise me this? I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, there's a promo code. There's <laughs> <laughs> a promo, oh, okay. There's a promo code. I don't, I don't think we have that kind of deal in place. We need, we need, I, dude, we, we need a, we need a special promo code for people that are on the network to get a little more of a percentage off. You know what I'm saying? If anybody out there listening in the uh, Believe let, world, I need this to let's, happen. <laughs> let's not talk about this on the pod. <laughs> Ryan, uh, last key thing, and I might hit you with one more after, but the, the one thing that you, you've already led into is Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson. That is starting to heat up in a battle. And we were talking about before the show how there might be – it's probably going to be a tackle actually going first overall – but yep. if we do have a defensive end going first overall, that was the two names that have been floated out there since you know, midway through the season towards the end, Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau. So the question I have for you here is, who do you think out of the two of them is going to actually separate? Because both are good athletes in different respects. It's so tough, man, because I feel like Aiden Hutchinson is the darling of this year, right? Obviously finishing second, uh, second in the Heisman Trophy conversation 14 plus sacks on the season he had a great year and there's no doubt about it I feel like he has honestly overtaken 
Kayvon as far as from the media perspective, as far as who is going to go first overall. And even you, you get people like Dame Brugler and Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay that I think all have him rated higher than, than Kayvon Thibodeau as well. So I think there is some – there's some smoke to that. Uh, there's some fire in, in that conversation. There's definitely, you know, there is smoke, and I think that there is fire that's following, obviously. So I think it's going to be – I have a feeling that we're going to get into this conversation, though, and I think that both are going to test well. I think that Aiden Hutchinson is going to test really well linearly. When I, when I think of him, I think he's obviously got the big frame, 6'6", 260-something pounds, and he has an explosive first step. There's no doubt about it. He gets off the line very quickly. I am not buying into the Feldman's freak list that had him at like six five seven in the three cone drill. I don't mm. see that loose of an athlete. I don't see that change of direction. I don't see that flexibility. He is a linear winner, in my opinion, which is fine. People can win that way because you're still going to get guys oversetting on the edge because you have that first step. You're going to make offensive tackles have to worry about that threat around the edge, around the outside track. So. He can win that way, but when I see Caleb, uh, Caleb ah, I almost said it again. When I see Kayvon, Kayvon Thibodeau, Thibodeau, I know I keep doing. It. I'm an idiot. I, when I see well, they're Kayvon both going to be Jacksonville Jaguars, so that it also um, you know, it adds yeah. the the confusion. Yeah, yeah before Kayvon the show, Joe, <laughs> before the before the show, Joe was trying to convince him of this himself of that. But uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, yeah. I think, is a looser, even more explosive athlete, and I think that he is going to test better all the way around. Now. Aiden might have a faster 40. It's possible. Maybe he has a higher broad really? jump, even. It's possible. But I think when you're talked when you take everything into account, the short, the short area explosive numbers, everything as a whole, I think Kayvon Thibodeau is going to test as a better athlete than Aiden Hutchinson. I think that there's I don't know if there's going to be separation as much as I think that Kayvon is going to put himself back in the into the, the conversation of who is the first defensive end off the board. And I think more than anything, Joe, what's the biggest part of this is is that Kayvon Thibodeau is going to get in front of evaluators and he's going to talk to them because people have been making a big deal about the media availability that he had, where he's basically like, you know, I want to make a lot of money and I want to set myself up and I have other interests outside of football. And oh my God, someone likes other things other than football. That's the craziest thing in the world. I can't believe it. And it happens every year. I feel like with some, some specific player. Like I remember Miles Garrett. People tried to knock him down the board because they're like, oh man, he talks about other things outside of football. He must not he like poetry. <laughs> right. He likes poetry and, and I think he was a big like superhero nerd. And so it's just yeah, like people comic are just book guy, yeah. Yeah. People are just overanalyzing guys at this point. I think that Kayvon has been the guy this year that people are overanalyzing a ton. I think that he is the best defensive end edge in this class. I think he's going to test like it. I think he's going to stop some of those concerns about him outside of football. And I think that it's not as much separation as the fact that people after the combine are starting to start to go back the other way and say, like, I don't know why everybody was just mocking Aiden Hutchinson as the first defensive end off the board. Kayvon Thibodeau could also be a special player. All right. Annoying question time that I know that you don't want to answer. So I know that you hate quarterbacks this class and you hate talking about quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. I decided to sideswipe you with this one. I, I it, It's going to get talked about, so we have to address it, and we're going to end up addressing it after they perform on the field, and we're going to end up going into full depth because we have to. If there is one winner from the week, because we've got this fat clump of guys and nobody is – there is literally the, the furthest thing from agreement. It is a different guy for each person, it feels like. If you think someone is going to actually help themselves – this week and establish themselves ahead of the group, who do you think it's going to be? Matt Corral. 
Really? Yes, because he's not going to. Oh, yeah, he's not participating. <laughs> well, Joe, think about it, though. When you ask me that question, though, the headlines I start to think about is Kenny Pickett's small hands, right? Uh, That's yeah. the stuff. What, what, what player is going to be inconsistent throwing the football? What player is not going to be the caliber of athlete? Because I, I honestly don't think Malik Willis is going to test because I think he's just going to be there and he's going to throw fine and that's all well really and good. You don't think he's going to do, run? I don't. That's think so. really annoying. That's really. I don't annoying. have any. Ins- I, I don't have any inside information on that, but like, there's just an inkling in my body that says that he is just going to just focus on throwing the football, which is fine. So, so basically, we think it's going to have. I'm just throwing this out there. So, yep. you know, Malik's not going to test, and then he's going to look inconsistent throwing. Right. Um, and then someone like Sam Howell is going to test and is and Kenny Pickett is going to test and not be a very good athlete. And then that's going to cause well, concern. They, they, might, they might be decent athletes, but I don't think anybody's going to do anything where they're like, wow, that is something mm-hmm. we did not expect, right? Like I, I imagine Kenny's going to be a fine athlete. I imagine Sam's going to be solid. Those things are fine. The one player that I think does have something to gain is we heard obviously coming out of the Senior Bowl that Carson Strong did not interview well during that week. So maybe he has a little redemptive quality where he shows his real character and he has a good interview sequence, which I think would be huge for him. But I think, honestly, Matt Corral, and people talked about it after the Senior Bowl, and I kind of scoffed at it as far as, like, he's the winner because he wasn't there. He might, in this instance, actually be the winner because he's not going to be doing any of the on-field stuff because I don't think he's going to hurt himself at all, you know? And I feel like there's just some negative things. Like, we, I mean, I can't wait for the hand measurement, man. I can't wait for Kenny Pickett's hand measurement because That's, like you, you, you uh, held it off for so long. Yeah. You made it a big spectacle. You better have 11 inch hands. No, no, he's, he's going to come <laughs> in and it was eight and a quarter during the spring. They're going to do their little measurement. They're going to do their little workouts and stretches, all that type of stuff. And I should ask, be- I should have asked Gare what goofy shit that they're, they're doing with what? him because I want to know. I actually, we didn't even, when I was at test where he's training, I don't. Yeah. Re- they just showed us how to beat the measurement. I don't even remember going over any stretching, so I don't even know where that came from. Maybe Joe, Tony's gonna- got some some Rassiope's got some special uh, stuff. Yeah, I'll text <laughs> Rass, man. I'll see what he has to say. But- <laughs> he's not gonna uh, tell us anything. Uh, oh, I know he's not. Um, no, but I think that Kenny is going to end up like it's going to be lo- It's going to be bigger than we thought it was because it's got some weird stretch stuff's going to happen. It's going to be like eight and a half or eight and three quarters, and people are going to be like, "Oh, it's bigger than we thought." It's like that's still below the Does threshold. It, it's still, it still doesn't really like it's still overhyped. It's just uh... right, right, yeah. It's fun stuff, man. So uh, I, I just whatever. think there's more. I I think there's more to lose than to gain. I guess is the long-winded response. Okay, to this so the. The to sum up here from what you just said, no one's going to stand out, but instead we're just going to have guys that provide more question marks. Instead, it's who does the least to mess their draft stock up is, I think, the better way to put it. Exactly, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Yep, there we are, folks. That's it on the on the NFL Draft Prospects podcast. We just broke down the whole quarterback class. That's everything's been figured out for the whole whole rest of the cycle. No need to freak out anymore, folks. Subscribe to us on Twitter at NFL Prospects uh, NFL Prospects Pod. Follow also at Joe DeLeon at Rise and Draft. Head to RiseandDraft.com for great NFL Draft coverage. And then also subscribe wherever you listen, especially our YouTube channel. For the Combine folks, we are going to be coming at you with daily reactions and coverage.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.